Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. And then I was going to have coffee ready for you, and then I realized that I only have a Keurig. <laughs> so I can't even make coffee. Like, right, real coffee. It's like the, for the freaking cups. You know what I'm talking about? The Keurig cups? The what? K-cups. Yeah, the K-cups. Oh, where you make the machine and it pours it in? You, no, it's like you put these yeah, little you go cups. To thing yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. You press it down or whatever it, like it's that. It's still coffee, you know. Yeah, it's still coffee. You want coffee? Uh, let's get talking. Yeah, all right. Cool. Are we no rolling? chat. Yeah, we're rolling. So... Uh, you know what I got to do real quick? So, anyway. <laughs> we talked about so much, like, be- be- before this podcast. And I was like, like Manny probably thinks I'm, I'm like, like a complete idiot. It's like, man, this guy doesn't want to talk to me. It's because I was like, trying, I'm trying to like save all this for the show. But I was like, man, he's like, are, like everyone's at the table. Let's get into it. Yeah, so, I've been, I was talking on the way over here already, so I've been talking, yeah, yeah, yeah. talking. I've been letting all the ammunition go, you know. No, that's all <laughs> good. I had a camera rolling in the car, but that was all the good stuff, you right? Know? <laughs> that's that's awesome. And um, so, Carlene, how you doing? What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Nothing. So, all right. So, listen, this is the Connected by Water podcast, powered by Joey Cardiacaster Jeepram and fueled by our very good friends at Papa's Pilar Rum. We also like to thank the W Sauce for powering us up with the breakfast sauce. Um, I mean, no other be- better way to say it than Manny Puig. What's up? How you doing? You're here. Yeah, I'm, in the I'm studio. Here. Yeah, this yeah. is great. I love your artwork, by the way. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I appreciate that, man. And I love your artwork too. I mean, in front of me, I got like wood sculptures. I got the tridents. I got some the dagger that killed Caesar. Right, right. <laughs> like this thing is killer. <laughs> right. And um, yeah, you man, you brought some cool stuff with you today. So I want to really quickly mention um, that uh, thanks to Astrid, our good friend Astrid, for linking us up. So I, I want to give her a shout out and, and say thanks to her. So okay. Um, and then uh, okay, and then when I announce our 
our do-gooder of the week, right? And that is our Starbright do-gooder of the week. I'm bringing it up here. And here we go. All right. Our do-gooder of the week is Willie Lee and his son Jalen from Native Fly Charters up there in Merritt Island. Um, and they are our Starbright do-gooders of the week. And they win the bucket full of fun from Starbright and all their... Salt off the reggae sponge and all the great things. About $200 worth of stuff in their bucket. Uh, so thank you, Willie Lee and son Jalen, for being do-gooders and picking up all the plastic in the water and being good stewards of our environment and just making sure that other people follow suit and keeping our water clean. Because without clean water, we got a bunch of nothing about anything we're going to talk about today. So, Manny, I don't even know where to begin with you because there's so many things, right? So I was trying to do... I usually don't like to do too much research because right? then like muddies the water of like a natural conversation. But I was doing like, as I started looking into some of the things, I'm like, man, what am I going to talk about with Manny like, and all this stuff? And I started thinking about um, all the stuff, of course, that you've done with Jackass and then, you know, Wild Boys and, you know, Gator Boys and like all this other stuff you've done. And you've really got such an impressive resume um, from a television standpoint. And, but, you've done so many things before that that brought you to this life and i kind of want to cover all bases with you today like really like from the beginning because i have questions lots of lots and lots of questions um when it comes to you and the genesis and the evolution and the metamorphosis of you because you were such a polarizing figure um and such a signature character if you will right to this industry and you know it, first of all i'm excited that you're here in the studio uh and as we mentioned before artist to artist i'm excited that you're here um because you really do bring passion into your work uh, and it speaks volumes um when you talk about you know just the life that you live you live a life that's connected by water certainly right um but you, you bring it forward in your artwork and you bring it forward in, in the shirts that you design. Um, but it, it's very evident that you bring it forward in your heart. So the first thing I want to ask you to get started was, how did you get started? Like you were Cuban born, right? Yes. And when did you come to America? Uh, 1961. 1961. So you're about six years old? Or was it something like yeah, that? Yeah, like I'm very 69 young, right? right now. 69. Impeccable shape, by the way. Um, so you come to America at a young age and you took to the water like a fish, right? Or, or does it, did it start that early for you? Uh, it started in Cuba. Okay. Picking up like, uh, lizards, mm -hmm. land crabs, you know, fascination with wildlife. I stick my hole in crab holes. And when I was four years old, I grab a, a land, big land crab by the claw mm -hmm. and I would hold on. So my dad would come grab my back legs and pull me out and the crab would come out of the hole. But I, they asked me, you aren't you afraid he's going to bite you? And I said, no, if I grab him by the elbow, he can't reach him with the other claw and get me. So, I mean, I was a very stupid kid, but when I came to that, I was smart. <laughs> yeah, when I came to schoolwork, oh yeah, no, it was yeah. like, oh, really bad. But that kind of stuff, figuring out how to do that, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I got over here, it was early age. The first thing they told me, they're venomous snakes in the United States. Don't pick them up. And sure enough, that's what I was looking for. Right. And 
I used to watch like Sea Hunt mm-hmm. and Tarzan movies going underwater and all that stuff. So I was fascinated with Sea Hunt, being a diver. And I always wanted at an early age to get into the water and go spearfishing. All, all that uh, attracted me. Yeah. The woods and the swamp. So did you did your did your dad like any do anything like he liked the outdoors and all that stuff. He's enthusiastic about it, but I mean, uh, he was killed when I was five years old. Wow, I didn't know that. So I, you know, I only got to learn a little bit of that from him. Wow. So, right, so, so you lost your dad at five, and then you came to Cuba. Then, I then mean, we, you came here from Cuba. Yeah, we came over from Cuba. Yes. Wow. So it's just you and your mom. Uh, my mom and my three sisters. But the whole Cuba story, that's another story. We'll hit you with that with some other time. Okay. If you want. But, uh, you know, all of whatever happened down there, all the politics and everything. Right, right, right. Well, I, no, I, well, I don't want to know about the I mean, I, we, right, the politics uh, is well scripted, but, you know, I yeah, want to learn about how it affected you. Though. Right. Well, it, I still wanted to live in the wild. I yeah. was fascinated. Uh, I wanted to live of the outdoors. I don't want to get a job like a regular pe- person did. Right. I'm not interested in that. By the time I was, I was in high school, I was hand catching large alligators, and I was spearfishing. Mm-hmm. What, what made you do that? Like, is it just to this like this the movies, thing? The movies, movies when I was the movies a little kid. Yeah, but I did it for real. Right. You know, it wasn't so much alligator wrestling. I would jump into a swamp at night and hand grab an alligator, and come in up high with school. Them. In high school, I was catching large alligators by then by hand. Okay. So you and want to kind of just like prove to yourself that that's not just make believe like this could really happen. It could really happen. <laughs> and the same thing, I want to do the same thing with sharks, which I ended up doing later. Mm-hmm. I also, I got bit by rattlesnake in high school for the first time too. So for the first time. Yeah. So that, I mean, obviously it's not the one that. No, that was the second bite. That was the second one. So what's that like? Like, like, like that took a little while like before like you had the. That this rattlesnake you got, you had, yeah, just so the crowd knows. So, so you got one finger amputated because of a rattlesnake bite. Yes, right? from a West, big Western Diamondback, right, in Texas. Okay, I was doing a TV show. So, um, and but so, but from what I gather, like that took a while until like you had to get it amputated, right? About a month. So, like a snake bite isn't something where like you wake up the next morning and like okay, we averted that. We're like it stays with no, you, right? it, it keeps working. Uh, the damage is is. I'm probably still recuperating my hand. Really? It's like 10 years later, yeah. 10 years. Wow. Probably more. Yeah, about 10 years or more than that, I think. More, a, no, more than that. No, it's about 15 years. I got to keep track of time. You know? So what makes that different? Like the first snake bite? like This is a, a pygmy rattlesnake. Okay. When I was like 17 in high school. And right. my whole arm swelled up. It was pretty bad. I mean, the thumb's a little different. A little right. flatter on this side. But this one was a huge rattlesnake and I swelled up to here, here. I thought I was going to die a time. I bet. I mean, your whole arm. Uh, so, yeah. I, I was praying. I thought that, uh, I mean, you look at me in a video, I'm real calm about it, but this is nothing to get excited about. Yeah. He, right. The rattlesnake got me. Here he is, you know, type of deal. And everybody, okay, let's go to the hospital. You know, yeah. Yeah. One of those. Uh, but yeah, that was probably the worst bite. I mean, I've been bitten by four different kinds of shark. Mm-hmm. I got bit by an alligator once in my entire career in the back. I got ambushed in the Everglades by an alligator. That's the only time I ever been by, by an alligator. Take me through that moment if you could. Well, I used to hand catch alligators. I had a lot of close calls, millions of them. Right. Then I learned how to levitate, discovered how to levitate alligators by lifting them up like this underwater. Mm-hmm. I learned the alligators 
world underwater in the wild. By going down there, hand catching them and all that, I learned a lot about alligators. But good Lord protected me many times. Sure. So um, I was out. I had levitated a couple alligators. had a few people on the airboat. I went down the canal. I was going to try to hand catch a garfish as I do hand fishing to show the, you know, the guests I had with me. Mm -hmm. And I could hear the airboat at a distance. And all of a sudden, I was too lazy to look behind me. And I, you got to keep checking behind you. And all of a sudden, it felt like I got hit with a baseball bat across my back. Really? I mean, like the daylights were knocked out of me. And I said, I said, Did he, is that the airboat? And when, no, they're going to come to reality. I, read, I don't have to see it. That's an alligator. <laughs> Did <laughs> he hook being, into you? I, he bit and pulled the wetsuit, and he put 12 scratches on my back. I didn't know what he had done until later. So I had a real bad bruise here. And then he pulled the wetsuit, so he, he did this. Oh, my God. It's kind of like this. He yeah. grabbed, but he didn't get a... If you look at my arm where he locked in, and he ripped it off. So he got like a slip bite on me. Well, it sounds they, like it's pretty good that you had the wetsuit on, though. Yeah, they, like, that, protected without, you yeah it helped me, and I had my arm forward. I had my Were arm you out there by me. yourself doing this? Uh, I was in the water when I got, was attacked. It's... The airboat was coming behind me, and I told people I just got bit. So I confronted the alligator right away. He surfaced on so me. So you turned towards him. Yeah. And you I have went, to, right? You have a I went, at that well, point. He, he slipped his grip on me. Okay. So I went after him and chased him. You know, I want to reverse right. the, the situation. So once he took off, okay, he took <laughs> off. I grabbed him by the neck. I love him. Rolled him down like <laughs> you this. You motherfucker, you bite me again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so I, the alligator went, uh, went away. Then when the airboat pulled up, I said, uh, I pulled myself in the airboat. Well, I'm able to get an airboat, so I don't know what's wrong. And then I, right. I pulled a wetsuit and I said, how does it look back there? They took a picture and I looked. And I said, man, I need to put bleach on it, something. I need to get on that right away. Yeah. And I looked at it. I just had 12 scratches and everything. I said, man, I'm good. I'm yeah. good. And that was it. You don't know what, what's there until you look at it because your adrenaline's running. Right. So you don't feel sometimes the injury that bad. Well, bites like that, like an animal like that, like you get infected too, right? That, that's uh, a Alligators concern. cost... Uh, kill people with the infection sometimes. Wow. But I didn't get an infection. I treated, I think they had drinks and they put some alcohol on my back and all that. Yeah. But it was a large alligator. So if it had been like a six footer, he would have sliced me easier. But the large alligator's got a duller tooth. So what he did, he, the wetsuit encased the the tooth. So when he cut me, it had like a, he was scratching me, my skin, he had like a, a covering from the actual wetsuit. So I didn't really get this full bacterial load in, into me. Yeah, uh, yeah, thank God. Yeah, so all right, so the, you said you turned and you went for this alligator. Like I can only think like like alligators in general aren't they they're pretty much like they're they're predators obviously, but they usually look for like the weakest link in a situation, don't they? Like they, like I hear stories about they go for the dog or they go for like the little kid when there's like a group of people. Sometimes I've seen case after case where they got the person instead of the dog. Really? Yeah, I've seen quite a few cases. Uh, all alligators are different. Right. You don't know who he is when you run into him. Usually the man-eater, you've never seen him before. He hides. He's going to come out of nowhere and do his attack. Mm -hmm. There's a difference, in my opinion, between a nuisance gator that people have been feeding that follows you around to a real man-eater right. that hides. and then like he, stealth. Stealth, yeah. He, he's the one that go after a deer, go after you. Some alligators like to go in the water and eat little fish or right. turtles. And they don't bother people because they're all different. Every individual is different. Same thing with the sharks. All animals are different. Like 
we're different. People are different. Mm-hmm. So same thing in the animal world. Some are more, some are stronger, some are faster. Some have different hunting techniques. Some alligators hunt different than other gators. They learn ideas from others and they have their own techniques specializing in the way they hunt. Uh, we found, like I, I, I tend to bounce around a lot. So no, you're good. Mind. You're so good. We're, I'm, I'm aquatic. Let her rip, We're going to compare the alligator, let's say, to the shark. Okay, we're hand-feeding a hammerhead, mm-hmm. right? I grab a hammer and I ride it. The hammerhead gets all freaked out and never comes back again. You and ride it. it? Yes. Yeah, I was I started riding hammerheads over 20 years ago. Then uh, another hammerhead, I can ride it. Go for a ride, he'll come back. You can ride it again. You Hey, you want to go on a ride? Go ahead. You want to go on a ride? Go ahead. All of us can go on a ride on it. He really? doesn't care. And you can so all a- after you've ridden it the first time, he'll come back and you can ride him again. Come ride on. him again and ride him again. You want to go ride an alligator, Carly? Or no, <laughs> hammerhead. hammerhead, Carly. Okay, okay, no. that you can do that with a hammerhead. Now, some individuals don't care. Another right. individual, you ride it one time, he gets so stressed out, he won't come back again. Right. Well, I don't like that. Uh, some hammerheads could care less. I guess it's S- all on how you ride it, right? No, it depends on the the individual shark. Some of them were more likely to want to eat you. Right. The, the hammerhead uh, doesn't have a bad temper. The, right. I'm talking great hammerhead, the largest. He attacks when he's hungry. If he attacks a person, it's because he wants to eat him, not because he's mad at that person. Okay. While if you piss off a bull shark or a lemon shark, he can attack you because he's angry with you. So they have two reasons to attack. They're really hungry or they're mad. Mm-hmm. That's why, okay, somebody is fighting a bull shark in a rod and reel. Hey, I got one in there. Hey, Joe, whatever, get in the water, get a picture with him. Bad idea. You get right. in the water, take a picture of that bull shark. He's got a hook in his mouth. He's very angry, so he's going to go right at that diver and unleash terror upon him. He'll, he may bite him four or five times in a second. A lemon shark will usually do the same thing, bite real, real hard one. Hmm. Well, if it's a tiger or a great hammerhead, Probably, you can probably get in and do it. I don't recommend it because, hey, man, you were wrong that time. Yeah, Right, I so they're foodies. Wrong. So I don't, you know, if, there's no rules out there. So when I every time I do something, hey, that sounds like, yeah, I'm telling you, yeah, you can ride a hammerhead, you can do this. But keep in mind, I always, always give you that warning. This is dangerous. These animals, there's always, well, we've never seen a hammerhead do that before. Well, he did it today. Right. So there's always the unexpected. And I tell people, there's no rules out there. When these animals come upon you, there's no consequence. They don't understand consequence of what they're doing. They could care less. You're just another living creature for them to attack. It's yeah. as simple as that. I mean, I kind of get a kick out of, um, man, what's the proper term to use? I mean, let's just say shark lovers, right, for for, for lack of a better term. Right. right? I mean, because everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say that. Um about how they want, oh, the poor sharks, the poor sharks, the poor sharks, right? But the misunderstood, they right. say, misunderstood. No, there's right. no misunderstanding. That that's a dangerous predator, he'll kill you. You know, uh, as a conservation, yeah, if there's a lot of sharks, go ahead and kill them. If there's sharks are few, stop the fishing until the population comes back. It's a resource. Right. So you manage a resource, you manage them just like you would grouper, red snapper, or any other fish out there. Mm-hmm. He's... They're not special. They're all predatory fish to one degree or another. But yeah, no, they're not misunderstood. That thing, that animal's hungry, he will attack you. I kind of look at he it He will like eat human flesh. All fish will 100%. eat 100%. Yeah. Even a, even a snapper. 
will bite you. Right. Will eat you. If you sit still in the water, you don't move long enough, a snapper will come and start nipping on you. Bluegill will try to eat you. Bluegills in fresh water if you don't move. Right. So everything out there attacks. Everything is, uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, barracudas are, uh, have attacked people unprovoked for mm-hmm. no reason whatsoever. Uh, sharks is a whole bunch of different types that have attacked people, including like nurse sharks. They got teeth and they bite incredibly hard. The worst shark bite I ever got was from a nurse shark. So how'd that happen? We were chasing with a boat, <laughs> dive off the boat and tackle the shark in the shallows. <laughs> All right. Uh, I did that to 12 lemon sharks. And I got bit twice out of the 12 jumps. So I quit doing that. So, so all right. So so take me back here for a second. So you're just running on the boat. You're seeing the sharks and you're just jumping on them. Like to catch them yeah. by hand. I mean, I saw you hand uh, catching like little makos too. I saw some videos yes, of that. Yeah, yeah. My friend designed that one. Uh, he, he was getting frustrated jumping on a boat, off a right. boat. And uh, he, caught, he caught the lemon shark by hand. Oh, that's a great idea. And then as I started doing it, I started getting bit. Then I did a, I did nurses like that too, and I got bit by a nurse shark. Uh, I also got bit by a Caribbean reef shark okay. in the middle of feeding frenzy. In the he, middle of a feeding frenzy? Well, I, I created the feeding frenzy. Okay. And I got in the middle of it, and I got bit. If you're in a feeding frenzy, stay on the perimeter. Okay. And it's best to be up current of the bait. They usually attack down current. Right. The best I mean, thing to do is don't get in a feeding frenzy. I mean, I really well, want to I be mean, smart about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but you created it. Yeah, we used to do that. Yeah. Sorry. So so all, all of this that you're talking about, like like a lot of it is, um, you know, self-created circumstances, like you're saying, like a lot of it is, right? You're jumping in at the sharks and you're creating feeding frenzies. Um, and, you know, we're, we're getting to, like we talked about in the beginning, like understanding your origin, your evolution, your metamorphosis, and all this stuff like this, this is all kind of like the evolution of you, right? Where you're going through these processes in high school, well, and you're and you're living this, and making making the fantasy reality, and right? the, and the sharks, it started because I used to spearfish for a living, and mm-hmm. that brought me in contact with sharks. I I used to hunt the sharks like they were fish. So this is actually the perfect answer to the question I was going to say. So how did this actually evolve into you becoming, you know, just jumping and diving on sharks and creating frenzies? Yeah, well, it started with uh, hunting the sharks. Uh, I've shot them with powerheads. I shot them with spears. Mm-hmm. And then I started, you know, creating frenzies. First, drew them in for the video. And then, okay, how about writing? I started writing hand feeding. So I hand fed many different kinds of shark. And also hand caught, I started hand catching sharks. Mm-hmm. You know, I hand caught nurses, lemons. I hand caught uh, mako sharks, uh, three so far. So I mean, what's the what's a, the like the mako? I mean, how is that? I mean, it's, it's like a pretty ferocious creature. The, the I didn't I caught them underwater. I didn't jump on them. I would feed them, right? And like hand feed them, get them to come close to me with food. And I move real slow because he's a faster shark in the sea. So you right, don't that's, wanna, that's kind of what I'm saying. You don't want to threaten him. You're real calm, and then you s- slowly get your hands and get a grip on him, and then hang on. Like Pat Ford, um, you know, master photographer Pat Ford uh, was in here on was our last podcast with yeah. Pat and Rufus, and you know he does a lot of diving 
with sharks and tiger sharks mainly. And so, you know, feeding the tiger sharks. And you basically just explained that they're more driven by hunger and not by anger. So it would almost make sense why people are hand feeding tigers, right? Without incident tiger for the most part. Very good shark to work with. Right. But if you're not paying attention or anything, if you, the wrong day, he'll kill you. Yeah. Uh, well, I would imagine. Yeah. I, tigers is good to work with. I've worked I think with, they actually just lost a couple of guys to to tiger yeah, no, attacks. Uh, yeah, they, they're good to work with. You know, once they get too full, they leave. You right. know, I've noticed you fill their belly. They've eaten so much. But I found one in the Gulf of Mexico one time, way offshore in Louisiana, and he was attacking the boat, attacking everything. Mm-hmm. I fed him eight tuna heads as big, and then he left. Really? But I was lifting him by here, lifting his head out of the water. You know, everything you could, riding him, everything you could possibly do with him. And I was having a great time with him, but he attacked one of the guys and pushed him up against the boat. He bit the lower unit. We're drifting, and he's biting the lower unit of the boat and shaking the boat. The whole boat was being shaken by him. Really? Yeah, he, he would get How aggressive. How big was that? 11 footer. Yeah, wow. Was. Wow. So, I mean, the, the Mako shark, I mean, that's a little bit different coming up to you though isn't then, then like the tiger like you see that everyone's seeing the videos of the tiger sharks like come in they, that's and, all they haven't seen the tiger moving fast right if the tiger moves fast it's a flash yeah so a lot of people playing with them have never seen what the tiger is capable of doing so what about the mako when you caught the mako how how is that approached when it came to you well it, it i was touching them and all of a sudden it like hey <laughs> let's do this and once I grab them, the Mako starts to take off. So I don't know what he's going to do. So next thing you know, he's like right. pulling me through the water like you this. You're grabbing him by the pecs or the. I reach underneath and I grab this peck here. Right. And the dorsal. Okay. So I'm like this on him. So, you, it, so he can't come back and He bite can't you. reach me from there. He can't reach me. So what he does, instead of sounding, he tries to jump. Right. So I'm able to catch air and okay. catch air. If you ride so him. So he brought you up. Yeah. If you ride the Mako, he'll take you down. Mm-hmm. If you're riding his hold the dorsal hang on, he'll start slowly going deeper as he cruises. But if you catch him like this, he tries to catch air. So he gets just hang on to you're ready to let him go or show him around, whatever. Right. And keep him. If you're doing the film, there's no reason to keep it. I let it go. Right. If you're out in the middle of the ocean, you got nothing to eat or something like that you may want to keep it and eat it. You know that would be the the, the alternative. There's other easier ways to catch one than hand catching it. It's the challenge of hand catching. It's the most primitive form for sure, of fishing for sure. there is. I mean, you do you do things most guys don't do. I mean, that's that's a given. Yeah, right? I hand caught silky sharks also. I could wow. roll them and get them to sleep and lift them right out of the water. I could Silkies just toss are pretty them into aggressive. A boat. Yeah, they'll bite you too. Yeah, I've had a leopard shark in California. I caught one. I caught a uh, mako's. Uh, of course, lemons. I caught a. Uh, yeah, the Makos, Duskies. No, not Dusky. I hand-fed Duskies, too. Okay. And rode them. That's a huge shark. Yeah, that's that's also, those, are, those are definitely big sharks. Uh, but I've, They're, like, girthy. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Yeah, so it's basically a Silky, Mako, a Leopard Shark, Nurse Shark, Lemon Shark. I've hand-caught. Also, from the boat, I've hand-caught them, too. When a shark is attacking a boat, you chase them around. You can reach in. You don't have to jump on him. Reach in and grab his head right. and get on his back or grab his tail when he's attacking the boat. So you can boat a shark like that. We chased a lemon shark in 10 feet of water. He'd come up and bite the boat, bite the boat. Finally, one of the guys just reached over, grabbed the tip of his tail, and that's it. You got him. You can hand catch him like that. He's not going anywhere from the boat, from a low boat. 
Is there anybody else out there like doing this? Like seriously, I mean, you, uh, there's people diving with sharks right now. There's people hand feeding. I'm sure there's people but riding. Like, but like you, hand. We were doing it before anybody. Right now, hand catching. Um, I don't know. I don't know. They most people that when they're doing, they're not a. When you hand catch, you provoke the shark that he might bite you. Right. in the process. Well, that would be, I think, the threat of like the mako, like you said, like going down. And then you got to let him go. Like, what's the stop him from never doubling had back a, on you? I never had that problem happen, but it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Right. I know they jumped in the boat and bitten fishermen. Right. So they're, they definitely will bite you. Yeah. So speaking of jumping in the boat, I mean, do you ever just fish? Yes, I, I like fishing. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> just, I was wondering that earlier I, today. I was like, no, like I, looking up some things. I'm like, man, I, like I, you're like jumping in. Like, like it's no. almost like... Once you like, it's like a drug. Like once once you like go there, it's like you know. I like I, I try to avoid going out on a boat with sharks. Is I don't want to go one more time out there and get bit. Right. Doing what I do, but if I get in the water and I, and I get fired up, next thing you know, I'm gonna want to do that extreme. You stuff. still go in the water, Adam? I haven't lately, but if I put me in, in the right position, I may see it. I may get carried away. Yeah. Because <laughs> once I'm there, yeah, it was like. It's like a wow, and you start getting into it, okay, and you know you start pushing the envelope, right? And uh, you know it's 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 adventure, it's fun, it's a blast. Yeah, you know it's for you. Yeah, you <laughs> no, it's it's great for anybody. It's just I don't know, man. I can't imagine a, doing it. Not if you if you get hurt. I did. A, I caught a lot of fish by hand too. Mm-hmm. I caught giant groupers by hand. Well, you got right here, like in front of you, like the, the picture here. You this got is, like hand fishing and, and you uh, got knife fishing. Explain yeah, to me is, Explain uh, to me all this. This is hand catching a red grouper. Okay. Uh, the red grouper sees you, goes in a hole. You right. reach in the hole, grab his tail, start to move him around. Like noodling? Yeah. You reach the other hand and try to get, and then grab him by the gills and pull him out. Uh, noodling, you grab the catfish by the, by the mouth. Okay. Usually. Uh, Have I you ever a, done that? Yeah, I got a 72-pound flathead catfish Wow! in Oklahoma noodling yeah, before. I caught uh, six catfish in two, in two days. Yeah. Or three days, yeah, I think. Yeah. And then uh, knifing, yeah, I've gotten groupers out of holes with knives. Mm-hmm. I've also hand-caught red grouper, black grouper, gag grouper, and goliath grouper, well, including I caught a goliath grouper as big as this table well, that's a, before. One of our questions from... Dave Chaffin, I believe you used to dive with him down in the Keys. So we take some questions from the audience sometimes. They'll, they'll send us some questions for you, and they can win a uh, like a Papa's Pilar bottle of rum. So we got some questions lined up for you here. Well, he just wants to know, since you're on the subject, if you're still putting your arm through Goliath groupers and bringing them to the surface. I, I haven't done it in a long time. Uh, the feds asked me a long time ago not to do it anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> the feds did. <laughs> well, they, a couple guys in sunglasses come knocking at your door? They were, I heard they were looking for me, so I went to see them before they found me. <laughs> that was, and they said, you know, yeah, it's a great catch and all that, but we don't want you to catch and release them. Uh, back then, you know, the feds said, we don't want you to catch them at all. It's not a catch and release fishery. Okay. And uh, and a guy, but we invite, we're doing Animal Planet, so I invited the feds on Animal Planet, and then they, they joined forces with me. Oh, yeah? How'd that go? It went you well. got him down on their water catching, hand catching? No, he came on the show with us. And no, the, the guy told me, you know, they made me sign a piece of paper not to do it. Okay. At the time, the guy said, he they said, They can't really way, keep you from doing that, though, can they, technically? Uh, by right law? now, people catch and release them. I think you can do it in state waters. Right. I don't know the feds. I mean, by hand, though. Uh, it's the same thing. I mean, the, the, most of those laws, like, well, apply for, like, hook and line? Well, they don't want you to take them out of the water or say, hey, 
I'm using this bait now today to catch a Goliath grouper. According to them, that was a no-no. Okay. They said, uh, you know, you're not supposed like FWC to. FWC They said you catch it by accident. No, it wasn't FWC. This is Federals from Washington. The okay. Big, big dogs. Really? Yeah. The head guy came you're down. The man coming down on you, huh? The man came down and he met with a <laughs> producer. And next thing you know, uh, uh, we invited him on the show and and they're like, okay, I don't want anybody picking on Manny. Mm-hmm. We're on board with him. That was the end of that. Was the people awesome. were. Few people calling in and complaining. Hey, Manny is bothering the Goliath groupers, you know. <laughs> yeah, the shark lovers, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Like so that. I I got a question for you. So we're talking about all this cool, crazy stuff, right? And you know, you're following your heart, you're following your passion, and you'll go through all that. Like you love this. Like this is like your world. This is like your element. This is everything that you want to do. When did the light bulb get off for you? to make a living doing this and actually start getting paid. Like what, what was your watershed moment for that? It's a very slow process to try to get on getting paid. You got to get on TV. Right. And somebody has to come up with the idea. A producer has to pitch it. And so it's a long process. So TV was basically your outlet. Right, TV really. to first it was shoot the fish and sell the fish. And later on it was like, you know, hand feed, hand catch, interact, with the the different marine life and put that on TV. And then the alligators, the same thing. Right. I didn't have a license for gators. So what I did is I caught the gators and let them go. And also had a few little, you know, warnings about that back in the past in early days. So like, again, like I'm looking at this, like, like if you're doing catching them by hand, it's like mono a mono kind of stuff, right? I mean, so what is, can they stop you really? Well, yeah, they don't want you to uh, molest the alligators. But at there's one, only like one you, so that maybe like there's well, no law before this. Like, no one would be crazy enough to do this. At one time, uh, you know I what had, I mean. So, like, was there I really had, a law about it? At one time, I had uh, the James Billy had my back on the reservation. Okay. And once on Indian land, uh, was Billy like, Swamp. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Billy Swamp, no, and uh, the Indian reservation. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. So it was that was one of the cases that came up a long time ago, and but other than that. It's it's a boundary thing, you know. You're not supposed to. It's a misdemeanor mm-hmm. to hand to feed the gators or to bother them. Okay. You know, so a lot of things. But I started doing is levitating the alligators instead of catching them. The the thing underwater. Yeah. Yeah. I could prove I, I've levitated an alligator, showed everybody, and put them right back where I found them, and he's still calm. Really. Sometimes, yeah, gator will be relaxed. If you tilt the head straight up, it will go into tonic immobility for a few seconds, so you can get them all the way to the surface. I right. took a a thirteen foot plus alligator all the way to the surface from twenty five feet down in a canal. Really? Because I put him in tonic immobility. I did that to huge alligators That's before. That's insane. He was so, twenty five feet down. Yeah, it's easier to do that to the hand catch a gator. You're gonna hand catch a gator. You're gonna have to go mano mano with him. Right. And he's gonna try to kill you. So it's more risk on on me to hand catch one. I did hand catch in my life when I was. Quite a few. I mean, how how often did you catch yourself in situations where you're like, oh shit, this is it? With alligators? With uh, anything. I can't. I've been attacked so many times. The silence under that water when you're coming up those 25 feet has got to be pretty oh. incredible. I, I was so... my. I'm just focusing to keep the gator in tonic immobility. I've done it so many times that it was just like, I could levitate 50 gators in one day. Oh yeah, God. just go through the swamp like that. I've been in swamps before. So you got to push your way through the gators. There's so many. And then you just you I, find yourself all the time in life-threatening situations. I was right? in, in the swamp them at night, swimming around with them, 
swimming underneath them. I've I've did a lot of stuff nighttime, daytime. I spent a lot of time in there with alligators. I mean, it was but the, really like that situation that you explained with like the airboat, right? Was that really like the most dangerous time with an alligator? Or no, the, by like, no means. So it's there, there time are there times where you're thinking like you're like I'm not getting out of this. No, I. That's that time is the only one they actually got me, but. If I see an alligator coming after me, I would just get low in the water. Right. And as he's speeding up towards me, the last minute I would keep my hand low because he, when he opens his mouth, make sure I'm underneath that jaw. Yeah. So when he lunges, I pick up on his on his jaw and lift his head up. Once I tilt his head all the way up, it confuses the alligator. It usually warps the attack. Mm-hmm. If he does it again, do the same thing over again. Now but you don't. You don't instead just... of running, I turn around and, and wait for him the, the light moment to lift his head up. Just make sure your hand doesn't go inside his mouth. I mean, don't go out there to look for this. You know, I'm not telling people to go out. I'm not. And try. Don't worry about it. I'm I, not. No, no. Anybody listening, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling. Uh, don't go out there yeah. and do this. Yeah. No. Actually, that's pretty good side note at this point in the show. Like, we're not condoning that. You yeah, know, the untrained any, person listen, does this. If you hand feed sharks, he might eat you. He, you might get eaten. Right. He might take your hand off. You might take your hand off. He might grab you and roll. Yeah. Anything can happen. He can kill you. If you place with alligators, you play with them. They can kill you. If you play with venomous snakes, they can kill you. If you play with bears, which I've played with before, they can kill you too. So you're segueing perfectly into what I wanted to get at. So it doesn't stop at sharks and gators for you. Like there's bears, there's boars, and you know, and you've had some encounters, like pretty dangerous moments there too, haven't you? I've had uh, bears uh, uh, mock charge me. Uh, in Alaska, I swim with grizzly bears. Grizzly bears. And in the water where I feel comfortable with them. Okay. And also killer Why whales. Why would you feel? Well, I, I could, I, well, I guess if I had I'd fins rather on, be in water with a grizzly than on land anyway. I yeah. swim with black bears and grizzlies. If I had fins on me, I can, I can get away from it at the last second. But mm-hmm. I can come up and like I pet a black bear in the water as he was just busy swimming across the lake. Also, I swam with killer whales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did it because... That's I was now fired up, but th- to me, that's very uncomfortable because well, there's nothing I can do to stop. I was to about stop to them. say, and that—that's probably got to be the, the probably the most dangerous. I think thing it's you've more, probably done right. Yeah, it, nothing happened, but uh, if you tell me right now, I would think the most one of the most dangerous animals on the planet is a killer whale. And the got to be an orca, there's right? There's nothing, nothing more dangerous. Just because it's well, we hadn't seen them kill somebody doesn't mean they're not going to. Strongest. Biggest, they fastest, kill everything. most agile. They kill everything. Ruthless. They just sunk a boat recently. Really? They attacked the boat, I think. Yeah, the killer whales did. I just heard that. But uh, yeah, they, they'll attack anything. Uh, in the aquarium, one of them killed three people. So. I mean, they'll, they'll just, I mean, you're gone like that, and there's really nothing you could do about that. They kill great white sharks. They attack blue whales, gang up on them, and kill them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of killer whales out there. A lot of orcas, and they're very dangerous. They're cool, smart, and dangerous. Yeah. Wow. All right, Carlene, you want to bust out some more of these strange questions for Manny? He's kind of answering some of them, so I don't know if we need to re-ask them. Um, Let's see here. Have you ever been in a dangerous situation where you've seriously been afraid or might have injured or possibly lose your life? Well, we just hit all those on the, yes, you know, uh, on the stories. Is there one that stands out? Yeah, of course, getting bit by a rattlesnake. That mm-hmm. was like, uh, I was praying to Lord God Almighty because I thought I might actually bite it. I was counting on God to keep me alive. I didn't want to go. 
Have any of these moments that you were talking about today like have strengthened your faith in God? Yes. Have you always had the foundation, I, or these, I've this always path had a foundation. Taken? I've I've always done the right thing in my life, right? You know, and I didn't live like a perfect life or anything like that. But every time I'm in trouble or something, or uh, even a bad day of fishing, uh, I prayed to God in the name of Jesus, help us find fish, and we find fish. Yeah. Or I'm in a bad situation, He's gotten out of it. Okay. Uh, I'm in the hospital. I'm sitting thinking about it. This, you know, and I can feel the the venom destroying me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking, wow. You know, close calls. Sometimes, like, other than that, like when an alligator almost got me, it's so fast. Like, okay, he didn't get you. Keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're 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 okay. Uh, yeah. Well, the alligator swung at me. Let's say he almost gets my arm. He didn't get it. I turn around and keep going after the alligator. You're not done. Right. So you, there's close calls, and there there's where you actually get tagged, mm-hmm. and something yeah, you're already in a bad situation. It's got to be freaky. Yeah, like really, uh, like I mean, do you ever think like, man, I put myself in this situation? Uh, I got gored by a. I used to hunt boar with spear too. Right. That's another thing. I, this arm here, I'm missing a tendon here from a wild boar. I don't know if you can see it. It's wow. Yeah. Kind of Let me see that. How cool is that? This tendon is. Cut. Wow, that's gnarly, man. Yeah, this hand doesn't work. Uh, both of them are messed up. Right. Rattlesnake and boar. But the blood was shooting out like this. And that was a- uh, You bleeding out? It, yeah, I had to go like this to stop the bleeding. He got my leg too. I was tangled with him in the ground. The guides told me, I'm not as great of a hunter as I am of a fisherman. Not even, I'm good at spear fishing, uh-huh. but I'm not the best in the world. I'm better at hand catching fish. Okay gators and things like that but uh yeah I'm, i can i know a few people i can they can spear very well i, I was good enough to make a living at it mm-hmm. but yeah the, the so these guys that know they're all climbing trees when i wounded that boar oh why are they climbing trees i'm thinking and the guy goes he's doing this he goes he's sharpening his teeth if you go in those palmettos he's gonna bite you okay i went in there and sure enough <laughs> <laughs> Really cool. <laughs> <laughs> and next thing I know, I go, okay, this is savage. While well, the producer cut it out, but the blood was coming out. He said, these people are going to think, you know, we're suicidal because I got bit by rattlesnake the year before. And the second year, I'm, I'm bleeding all over the place, gored by a boar. <laughs> and I said, you know, he wants to the, eat the, the producer awesome. probably thinking, Great you know. Great shirt you should sell, you know, <laughs> like just with the blood shooting and he's holding his hand. Yeah, he it. cut that out of the show. And uh, so, oh, he cut it out of the show. Yeah, I oh, think I think I don't know. I don't know why he cut it out. I think he was probably panicking that if they drop us, we're not going to have the show. You know, because I don't know, that, man. Sounds like you need to find me. a new producer. With, <laughs> with that, one. that seemed like that's what you got to get on film. So yeah, that was a uh, another again. And I remember a word. Okay, the boys got diseases and everything. I didn't right. get an infection. Didn't get. I thought I was going to be again. Uh, the next day, I went to clinic. The lady goes, it's not infected. What? It's supposed to be. Yeah. Every time it is. And then uh, other people. And then they uh, they gave me antibiotics. And a doctor friend of mine prescribed me more antibiotics another four more days. So I took antibiotics for 14 days. And it healed. The only thing I noticed, okay, there's something wrong. And then later on, I figured out there's something wrong with this. Mm-hmm. With this form. <laughs> wow. When I pick up a weight or something like that, I notice it, it twists a little bit like that. It's because that tendon is cut or damaged or whatever in there. Never the same again. Wow. And you had, I mean, you've been through a lot. 
Really? I mean, and you, you even had like a really, I heard you had like a really bad COVID run too, didn't you? I had what it was. I, I have a large prostate. Okay. So when I got bit by rattlesnake, I can't pee. When I got Cicotera poison, I can't pee. So the first time they gave me four You had Cicotera too? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I had, I like to eat barracudas too. Right. But, uh, yeah, they're good. The well, you're only supposed to eat them when they're small, though. So, right? yeah, but right. I've eaten, I've eaten big ones. Nothing happened. If you get the, but if you eat too many, of them accumulates in your body. Right. So that matter has something to do with. But what happened was like, the rattlesnake. They gave me all this medicine, right, and that constricts you. So when I had COVID, uh, medicine, whatever, I had a hard time. I was getting these horrible back pains, and it's because I couldn't pee. So it wasn't the COVID, wasn't the problem. It was, you know, because I had fever like one day. Right. A half hour later, there's no more. I never had fever again. So it says you're in the hospital because you got horrible back pain. And finally, the doctors figured out they put a catheter in me. Okay, and the pain went away. And eventually, I had to get a, a procedure done. So you know, so right. I wouldn't have that problem. He says, yeah, if you don't, you're gonna have problems. So your COVID ended up being just the, the effect that wow. So yeah. after you got the catheter in there, that that really just end of COVID. Yeah, well, I was okay. You know, I was still positive, but I felt fine. Right. You know, but uh, like I had fever, my the pain, the horrible pain I was getting is yeah, yeah. When you can't, uh, you I was backed up. Wow. So that that's what happened. You know, it says if I would have lived in medieval time, uh, probably those people died back then. I don't know why. Yeah, right. <laughs> why, oh my god. Well, they did because they don't. They can't. They yeah, have people no way of say treating that. it. People always say that too. They're like, oh man, if you could go back in time to any period, what would it be? I'm like. What would it be? I think we'd, uh, we'd all die. Like if we went back to like any period, like really, you went to medieval times, like you probably would get some sort of disease that you that you wouldn't be immune to. Yeah, you, they can't treat you. They probably think you're like a witch. Genghis Khan, what was it? I'm into history. Genghis Khan, what died at sixty? Uh, William the Conqueror died at sixty. Yeah. You know, right well, Alexander there. the Great, I think, died in his twenties, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah he's super young. early. Well, he did too much. He's also a heavy drinker too. Oh, really? Yeah, he was, uh, I think he was, he had immunity in, in battle. He was prophesied to conquer right. Yeah. Uh, by the the Hebrew Bible. Mm-hmm. Let's talk, when they talk to King of Greece, I'm pretty sure it's him they're talking about. Right. So he, once he heard that, he probably, they, they brought it to him. So he knew, you know, if he believed that he wasn't going to die in battle, he was going to die afterwards. Right. And then his, his generals would divide uh, the empire. Which is what they did. So before um, we started recording, we were hanging out, we were talking about the Trident, right? Yes. And we talked about the Gladiators, right? Right. Give me some of that because what you were telling me before, because I thought, found that really fascinating because I was like, oh, are you killing fish with these things? You're like, yeah, I kill a lot of fish, but they used to kill people with these things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> I, I don't recommend killing people. With no, these no, 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 no. We're not condoning that. I believe in treating people right. Okay. So. Right. <laughs> But this, uh, this thing is sick, dude. You made this? Yes. Yeah. I hand make them. I catch fish with them. Right. Mostly. So you're using these? We tie a rope on the end of it and uh, we throw them at like tilapias or guards right. or anything from a boat. But I can go underwater and catch fish with them. I mean, I catch fish with knives underwater, hand spears. Uh, I mean, I caught a, a 48 pound amberjack without any, just a spear with a detachable and a, and a, a line in the back of it with no rubber. When an amberjack came by, went like this, and stabbed him. Right through him. And then I hung on and rode the amberjack. Uh, free diving, yeah. Yeah. 
So yeah, I, I catch fish primitive like that. Right. But yeah, we could. Do you catch... feel like a deeper connection to to the to the like? Because all right, a topic that we talk about on this show sometimes is like that connection you feel like when you're fishing, right? And even like a camaraderie with other people, right? When you're in this moment, and it's kind of like this. You can't really define it necessarily. And you say, "Oh yeah, man, we we." You catch a big mahi like on a boat, just traditional fishing with someone like like you remember that with that person like forever, and it's almost like you bond with that person more than you say, oh yeah, remember we hung out at that bachelor party or at that wedding. It's like you forget all those party stuff, but when you catch that, you caught that big fish with that person, like you remember that forever. We always try to like put our thumb on like what is that? You know what I mean? We kind of like said it was like this primitive thing in uh, a, in us, right? We we like the fish. It's challenging. We can eat the fish. We can let the fish go. We can do all kinds of things, but. Fishing is number one sport in the world. Right. Uh, I'm talking hook and line. I hook and line fish too. It's relaxing sometimes. But if, okay, a guy wants to set a record. He's going to catch a 400-pound marlin on 20-pound test, something outrageous like that. He's going through a challenge, and he's like trying to break that barrier and get there with it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of like I understand how that goes because I'm trying to go, okay, instead of hook and line, I'm going to catch this fish with my hands. How am I going to do that? to try to, you know, break that, that barrier and, yeah. and go beyond that. Uh, like, I caught fish with knives, you know. That's like, what I mean. Like, do you feel like, like, when you're that close to it, like, you're catching a fish with a knife or, or getting that deep, I mean, do you feel like there's more of, like, a like a innate, like, human, hunter, primitive kind of aspect to this? I mean, does it make you feel, like, more connected to the moment? It, it's, uh, there's something about that primitive hunt. Yeah. Like... With, uh, with these tridents, yeah, we throw them at fish. We get them. I hunted wild boar with trident too mm-hmm. because I kept really? missing with a spear. So I came up with the idea, why don't I just throw a trident into them? And that worked out perfect. Really? And I was also taking people gator hunting, not me, our our guys, our clientele. And I said, hey, you want to try this? And I let them take out gators with my tridents. We had one crew they could throw. And we see a gator like off in the side of the canal, put a light on him at night, and a guy with a rope in the end, he would throw it. Hit the gator and we just pulled them right in, like gigging a giant frog, pulling huge gators like this. But these people could, most people, you got to snag them first. Mm-hmm. But these guys could actually hit yeah, them like at the a distance. Like the treble hook, like the fish trouble, rod, the Yeah, they hook. snag them and then they, when a guy, when a gator comes up or air gets close, a guy throws a trident. I hold right. the rope. Yeah. I said, he's all yours. You go for it, you know? Right. And then we pull him in. The guy gets us, hopefully, buys my trident. <laughs> he's happy, he takes yeah. his gator. And that's kind of like what I do sometimes now. Most of the time, so, I don't, so don't want to get. So you like you're hunting for gator at times, right? Yes, I'm helping people hunt gators. You're helping people. All right, so when you're not, not bank sticking them. Uh, most of the time, they used not to. But he's got the, the trident. No, I'm, I'm trying well, to. Yeah, that's, that's when, that, when, I, when you show them a trident, the hunter goes, "Oh wow, that's different." I right, that, go, that's that's why I'm saying they they want to go on a primitive route. You can use your rifle right here. It's private land. They can shoot them with a rifle right there when they pull them up. Yeah. Or you can use your handgun. Every once in a while, like how one guy that's sponsored by, let's say, Desert Eagle. Right. He had to use his handgun. But other people, you know, it's my product. They can throw a trident into him. They can get a picture with a gator. Mm-hmm. And they feel more accomplished. Yeah. like By doing that. Yeah, for sure. I feel more accomplished, you know, like, you know, the kudo with a knife. Right. Yeah, you know, for example. Yeah, that, that thing could have, <clears throat> it was in the uh, Outer Banks. I had a swarm of kudo around me. At that time, is uh, the guy told me to get me a spade fish. Mm-hmm. He wanted uh, the made in a boat wanted one, so I shot him one. And when I was coming to the boat, all the cooters attacked me. 
And it occurred to me, you know. They poor, attacked you. Oh, yeah. They were biting the fish. They're gonna bite. I was pushing with my hands. They were so aggressive. Really? In the outer banks. Did, did, they, did they bite you? No. He almost did. So when I stabbed this one, I grabbed him by here. I think the thing was like just, I mean, if I don't, the knife went that deep. If I don't grab him by here, right. he would have bit me here, here, here. I, he, you get bit by Kuda, he'll bite your head off. Yeah. He could have really, really messed me up. So then I- And they get pretty big. And too. a bull shark came up, you know, so I had a bull shark on me and everything else. The fish in the Carolinas are very aggressive. Uh, a guy handed me a fish he had speared, and I didn't have to hit it with a knife or anything. All of a sudden, a sandbar shark came up from the bottom at high speed, took it right out of my hand. Wow. So fish were there very aggressive. So aggressive, I was able to get a kudo with a knife. I don't think I'll ever do that again. You don't think you'll ever do that again? I mean, well, I, I can imagine, like, I would have to imagine, like, the teeth on a kuda. That's, that's pretty scary shit. Yeah. I know this guy got bitten, big guy got bitten in his ankle. Right. I mean, down here, it broke that bone. The, really? The whole broke it in one bite. Five foot kuda. Snapped his bone. It I bit remember, him for no reason either. Remember one time my brother and I were fishing in alligator light. And you know, there's a lot of those barracuda that there's are there, like there. Around, yeah, yeah. Him, around him there. And he's like, "Oh, watch this! I'm gonna, I'm gonna." You know, we had fished all day. We had got our mahi and our wahoo and everything like that. And we came into alligator a little bit just to jump in the water. You know what I mean? And and just you know, have a good time. And so we see these two kuda, or three or four kuda actually. And he goes, "Oh, he had a tube lure." You know, down in the keys they use those tube lures, right? So he had a tube lure and he threw it out. And then we had two of them kind of looking at it. And one going for it, and one he was just hesitant, hesitant the whole time. He's like, man, he's not biting this thing. And then he finally hooked up. And the second he hooked up, that second one turned on him and snapped him right in half. Snapped the other kuda. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah I, like he was just waiting <laughs> for it to happen. And I think, and, and that explains why he was so hesitant the first couple of times he didn't want to do because it. Because he, he knows the other one will eat him. Yeah. yeah and I've like seen literally, that. like in a flash, the second he was hooked up, boom. Uh, I, Drag, we dragged in ahead. I, I believe you definitely 100%. I've seen that happen. Yeah. It shows you just how aggressive those fish can get. Yeah, for sure. So there's all this stuff going on with sharks and the talk of sharks and the fishermen against the sharks versus the divers and the sharks, right? We touched, thank you, Carly. We touched on this a little bit, like when we were just kind of hanging out before the show. And there has been some controversy and there's been some budding heads of the two different cultures of fishermen versus divers and and yanni and i and, and nick we were always talking about man growing up it was kind of really weird like fishing and diving always just went hand to hand hand in hand and you know but it seems like recently there's been almost like a divide and this shark thing is really at the center of the divide like what's your take on all this well i think the ocean's big enough and people should be considerate of others mm -hmm. and respect everybody's industry you yeah know, respect the shark divers and all that but also they need to respect the, uh, the fishermen and uh it the shark populations are very high right now and right. they're making it difficult for divers and fishermen divers are getting bit and fishermen are losing their catch but the divers are getting annihilated yeah they're uh, they're but all it seems like it's the divers that's kind of they're they're the ones kind of like saying, oh, don't touch the sharks, you well, know, the poor sharks. And well, you got the divers that, that do shark tours mm -hmm. that take people to see sharks. Their business is showing them sharks and putting them underwater. Right. The guys who are out shooting fish, to, they're, they're out to get fish. They really don't want the sharks around them because the sharks will bite them when they're spearfishing. Right. Some guys, I talked to a lot of guys that don't want to go underwater. They're afraid of getting bit by shark. Has gotten so bad. Right. I mean, other guys. And rightfully are, so. They're also shooting Kobe off of bull sharks. 
which is a good way to get attacked also. Right. That's a very dangerous thing to do. You get a nice cobia, but you can also get killed. But, you know, some sharks or uh, divers are brave, you know, and they want to do that. It's, hey, they're free to do it, you know. Yeah, you, you should be able to do whatever you want out there. Yeah. You know, that's why I think about it. But they- So how do you feel then about like, because recently I mean, there's been gonna, a lot of right government regulations and FWC overreach. It's too much, It's too much, too much. You know, they should let people fish. The guy's got an area where they do the shark dives, they'll keep them there. You know, don't go fish sharks where they're doing a dive. Go fish sharks somewhere else. But you should be able to catch sharks. It's a, like another fish and take mm-hmm. it home. Yeah. You want it on your wall, on your wall, you want the jaws, fine. You want to make it into steaks. You want to tend to hide into leather, which is, makes excellent leather. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know, you got to be reasonable. Right. You know, and if you see there's a lot of one thing, okay, there's a lot of the one thing. If you see something, hey, man, the population this year is really low. You know how they do with deer. They go, hey, we have a lot of deer. This year you can take five. The next year they go, hey, the deer population is low. Only take two right. this year. Same thing. Uh, Goliath groupers uh, sell a few tags out there like they do with the gators, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you see a divers going into a wreck, they got uh, the Goliath grouper named Bill or whatever. Everybody mm-hmm. hand feeds and plays with them. Don't go there, you know, it's or the, the marina where they got their pet. Don't kill people's, you know, just certain areas. It's, it's common, common sense. Common sense, yeah. you know. If these guys are doing that here. These guys are got shark dives in Jupiter. Uh, I wouldn't fish for their sharks that they're doing their dive. Right. Go fish them. Go to Miami. Go to Jacksonville or whatever. Go fish them somewhere else so you don't interfere with their thing. If you catch a few sharks, it's not. They just don't want to ruin their their business. And again, they should they they shouldn't they shouldn't infringe on others. But the government is. When I was a kid, people fed alligators. Right. They fed bears. They fed sharks. They fed everything. Nothing ever happened. It's just nobody gave a crap. It now it's like, oh, it's a no-no. You're feeding wildlife. All my life, it's only in the last years of my life that all of a sudden it became a no-no. When I was in the Keys, they fed the key deer. They fed the raccoons. Every time there was gators, people would go out to the pond, and everywhere from Gainesville all the way to the Keys, and people fed gators all across the state of Florida, millions. And yeah, every once in a while something happened. Most of the time, nothing. At the Yellowstone Park, everybody went out there and fed the bears. Mm-hmm. That was a cool thing. Everybody pulled over on the side of the road. The bears would come down and people, marshmallows everywhere. Every once in a while, some guy got between a bear and the food and something happened. But we've always fed uh, wildlife one way or another, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they closed the dump and the bears started breaking into people's houses. It's a, right. You know, it's a, yeah, sometimes they don't know what they're doing and they mess sometimes, up. Sometimes, yeah. More often They're, than not, I think. More often than not. Yeah. And they mess up. But the alligators, yeah, there's a gator season. There's a nuisance control to keep them away from people. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people don't have good sense around alligators and they get bit. Sharks, stay up current of the fish you spear. You know, beware of, of that. But it, if there's too many sharks, they should have a shark fishing tournament here and there to kind of like even things out a little bit, you know, in certain areas. You know, you could have a, a couple... And if, if you, there's a, if you notice that there's a certain type of shark that's being depleted, then uh, stop catching it. But uh, treat that the same you would deer or bear or any other game animal. Yeah. It's like they do that with snook. They'll close snook fisheries for a couple of years and, and then, then you, they replenish and, yeah. Yeah, and then they lift it and everything, you know. And then you get a cold freeze and millions of them die. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and and it's, it's, it's so funny. Like, you know, over time, like we think man has so much control over this, but really nature has way more control over it. Than, yeah, than sometimes you get a red tide. Red yeah. tides have been there for 
They were documented 240 years ago. Right. Could maybe the fertilizer enhance them? Maybe. They say that it does, but the Gulf of Mexico, the water is rich. There's more fish here than right. in the Atlantic because all the rivers, you want to catch fish, go where there's a river emptying. Yeah. That's where your fish are at. So people go and the, there's more fish per acre in the Gulf of Mexico than there is in the Atlantic. <laughs> so you're going to get red tides yeah. to bring down their numbers. I think in a lot of ways too, it's like we're different here than other parts of the world too. Like they're, they may have shark issues there but maybe they're just going to different places and they don't realize it like like um a good friend of mine andy moise who's just legendary fisherman he goes up to canada every season to fish for bluefin he's an expert on it right and for years they said oh the bluefin are gone we need to change all these laws and everything but there's very conflicting theories about the captains and anglers who target these species that they'll say they're smart they just went where you weren't fishing and they just went to a different area of the ocean and now they're back in full force. And it's like, yeah, well, it was just kind of cyclical for them. You know, and they think that they're going endangered, but and a lot of not, guys that are there every day saying, no, they're, they're still there. They're just not where you are. They, they, the sea bounces back real quick. Right. Uh, you tell, it really does. You take Miami. Okay. Uh, we're going to shut down fishing for two years in Miami. Mm -hmm. And in two years, the first they go out, that reef will be covered in fish. Mm-hmm. The, uh, it, it replenishes uh, certain areas and then you so what you do is you open this area fish it the heck out of it then close this area and then you alternate them right the, so, so sharks are the same thing so there's recently some laws that got passed for the sharks right um, that like you say very soon we saw the shark population rose very quickly mm -hmm. and it's evident in the, the stories of the anglers that are getting their fish bit in half left and right more than they ever have in their in in really the the recent history of South Florida, because more sharks are allowed to swim the waters. They don't have any more longliners. The shark fishermen are gone, right? And and that's another place when they made these laws. That's another area where it's evident that now that they're gone, they used to have shark fishing tournaments. Yeah, they used to have uh, shark fishing tournaments too. They don't have you know, anymore. So we're seeing that. Yeah, okay, happy. Everyone's happy. The shark populations are up, but there's more attacks now, right? More fishermen are getting their their fish bit in half, and now you're wasting. You want to put regulations on fish, but now they're getting bit in half by sharks. So what's yeah, the they, point? Yeah, it Look doesn't. The yellowfin it doesn't tuna. Make any you can't sense. even yellowfin tuna fish in the Bahamas anymore. No, that's that's all insane. Let me tell you, when I was spearfishing for a living. None of sharks went extinct. They all came back. But you could spearfish day in, day out without ever seeing one shark. I found them because I had to work real hard mm -hmm. and wait for them and bait them and wait, wait till the sun went down. I mean, I was out there all day to get the sharks to come in. And it was really hard work. And now? And a lot of patience. Now it's, it's easy. Yeah. But back then it was safe to spearfish all day. You could fish all day. You wouldn't have a problem. The sharks were thinned out and it was no problem. There's people that go spearing tuna yeah. uh, and in Central America on the Pacific side. The sharks have been so overfished that they don't have a worry when they're spearfishing about sharks. They don't see them. Yeah. Uh, no sharks. But out here, it's insane. You forget about it. And the great white shark population is exploding everywhere. Right. Yeah. They've been protected so long. So uh, There's been a lot of reports recently of them coming in very shallow well, waters. Well, there's more seals out there for them to eat. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be more great white and they're protected. So their foods are protected and they're protected. 
the planet is great white friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you got you got a lot more of them now than you ever will. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. We're going to fire through some, some of our last questions here. What's the craziest thing you experienced with the Wild Boys from Christopher Kubik? Chris Kubik asked that. What is... What's a it, well? I got two questions that kind of go because Wild Boys is ja- is Jackass and Jackass. I did is mostly kinda, Wild Boys, but I did both. What well, there's one, What's the craziest thing you've ever has? Have you ever experienced with the Wild Boys? And then what's the craziest you've ever experienced with Jackass? There's two questions on here. One's from Jason well, Harrington and one's from Chris Kubik. My favorite with the Wild Boys was swimming in the Gulf of Mexico with the Duskies. We had a great day out there with them. Mm-hmm. First time in my life, I saw Duskies. We almost got Steve killed that day too. Oh, really? And then really? another time. How? I think I remember well, that episode. we had him on a surfboard and we tied a bunch of meat on it, fish on it. So and he was on a surfboard <laughs> and we had like 25 silkies and, and um, eight, no, uh, and eight dusky sharks all at the same time attacking the bait while he's on us. Okay, keep your hands and feet out of, on top of the board. You know? <laughs> His ride comes uh, yeah. to a complete stop. <laughs> that right? was crazy. And then uh, the other thing was, uh, well, swimming with the, the grizzly bears in Alaska. Right. And the killer whales. That was a great day for me to do that. And uh, the good day on Jackass when I almost got Steve killed by a mako shark. Wow. That's your most terrifying mako shark, Steve-O? <laughs> well, he almost, yeah, everybody saw that. It was on, on the movies. Uh, That's got to be a rush, like he, living through that. He kicked the the mako shark by accident. Right. And that's what saved his life. Uh, thankful to Lord God, right and again that that happened is I took my head out of the water. I think that made Steve believe that God exists. <laughs> you know, I stuck my head out of the water and I said, "Steve, look out!" Right, I was, the Mako's coming to eat right out of my hand, and all of a sudden, we were done with him. A hammerhead circled Steve. We had the shot. He's in the you know he had a hook in his mouth. He's in the boat, and then they threw him back in the water. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know they had. So the Mako shows up. Oh wow, we got a Mako. Let's play with it. So we're the guys were in the water, so we're gonna film it. So Mako's coming to eat it, and he doesn't take my bait. He turns around and goes straight after Steve. Right after Steve. He had his head out of the water, so the shark couldn't see his eyes or anything. Right. So he's gonna go get the easiest victim. So that's another thing about sharks; they like to attack when you're not looking. Right. All right. these predators. Predators like to attack when you're not looking. I mean, living through that, right? Living through these moments, that's got to be. Yeah. Uh, sharks. Once you're like, what, the, the moment's probably scary as shit, but I mean, once you're out of it, you're yeah, like, wow, if you have I a, lived through that. A stick in your hand, you know, you push at a shark, stay up current of the blood, whatever, and look, look, look. If the water's real dirty and you can't see him, you're sitting duck. Right. Like a swimmer, a guy in the beach, swimming in the beach, he doesn't see a shark coming, he's a sitting duck. He can't defend himself. Yeah. Surfer, can't defend himself. To me, I don't go into the ocean without a mask on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to see, right? Even if it's on the right on the shore, anywhere the sharks come right in on the shore. Anyway, yeah, I like I like having a mask to see. But I've been in, I've hunted sharks and I hand fed sharks where I couldn't see my hand. I held the bait like that. See, I'm not gonna do that now. It's back then, you know. And here comes a shark, a big old lemon shark, taking right out of my hand and murky, murky water. Wow. So and also I shot a bull shark one time in real dirty water. Uh, going tide. Did you see him see coming? Anything. No. When I saw him, he was right here. I shot him like this, right on top of the head. Kaboom. Really? Popped him. Uh, yeah, 300 pound bull came up on me like 300 this. pounds? Yeah. Those bulls are mean, huh? Is that probably the meanest shark in the water? Uh, the most unpredictable. 
I seen him get really mean. I got attacked by six bull sharks for a half hour nonstop. Right. And I had no fish on me. I got away from the crew. I went looking for spearfishing commercial. I got away from everybody. And uh, it ended when they came and found me. They came looking for me. I couldn't get back to the boat. They had me pinned. Every time I tried to swim, they were coming at me. So I'd take the butt of the spear gun. I hit one like five times on top of the head to keep them off me. They attack again and again. So it was like they had me, and the water was clear that day, so I could see them coming from way deep, and they were at me, and I hit this one, and then hit this one, and hit this one. It's just nonstop for a half hour. It wouldn't, they would not give up on me. They kept coming after me, coming after me. And okay, where's the blood or anything? No, they're supposed to leave. No, they're not leaving. That's why people, wow. when I say they do things that you've never seen, that I didn't ever expect it to ever act that way. So I said, this happens to some people out here shipwrecked. They're done. Yeah, they're, they're done. Done. Or oh, another thing I wanted to It's like to that, see. that U.S. In, uh, Indianapolis story. Okay, I wanted to go there. Oh, yeah? Because- I read your mind? Well, yeah, the ocean. I I don't really feed sharks anymore, but I've, in the last years, I only did the open ocean sharks, like blue sharks and makos, because they're never going to come on the beach. They're never going to see another human again. So if I hand fed a mako out there, it ain't like next week that mako bit somebody on the beach because he's not he's never gonna see another human being again. Right. He's never seen another person. He lives in the middle of the ocean and he's never gonna see another one again. So when I interact with them, it ends there. So I find blues and makos, they're not they don't hang out on the beach. It's one in a million. A shark will show those will show up on a beach. So they're never they live in a different world. They're very dangerous to humans. The blues and makos and those sharks, but they don't, they're not a coastal shark like the bull and the tiger that come in on the beach and attack people. Right. Or the black tip. Black tip bites a lot of people in Florida. Right, right. So I like, so I like the ocean sharks. The only thing is they're doing, a, you can't guarantee the ocean sharks because they'll move off. Yeah. So you can't go in the middle Pacific and say, yeah, hey, we're going to go find uh, uh, sharks. You know, you might disappoint your clientele. So that's why they got to have a certain base to do it. This is incredible stuff. Really, really, really is. Really is. Um, Tim, you, you Tim, got a couple more questions we, that you want to ask. We got we got just about two more, I believe. Tim Curran, Curran, mm-hmm. you talk a lot about about alligators. Have you ever, or would you ever, dive with saltwater crocodiles? I dove with American crocodile, saltwater American crocodile before. Okay. Oh, those ones down in the Keys. Yeah, they're in the Keys yeah. over here. They get enormous. Yeah. Uh, they can. They've been seeing those a lot more lately too. There's haven't more they? of them. The only thing is that the central North Florida is too cold for them, so they right. stick to South Florida. The crocodile cannot handle the cold weather as good as an alligator. Uh, he doesn't have the endurance of an alligator. He's faster than an alligator, but alligators have more endurance and stronger. They'll fight longer. Okay. You know, and it that actually leads us to this other question here by Randy Strauss. Correct. Go ahead, Dennis. No, go ahead. It says from Randy Strauss, does the sex of an alligator embryo really depend on its temperature or weather conditions? Uh yeah, the the eggs, I mean, yeah, when you the temperature of the nest will indicate whether the baby alligator will become a male or female. Okay. So if you get an egg and you incubate it, you're gonna say, I'm gonna have all these to be males. Or I can make all these females. So depending on the nest where the sun hits when the female puts the eggs in there some will be males and females depending on the, the heat wow that's interesting i never knew that that is pretty neat that's actually might be the yeah it might be as if randy strauss needs another bottle of rum <laughs> <See here. laughs> 
Well, I know Tiny's a buddy of yours, and I can't leave him out, but I think we had this conversation in the car on the way over here. Have you ever have you ever seen a skunk ape? Uh, I've never seen a skunk ape. Uh, <laughs> what, is your, what is your belief? I <laughs> don't believe they. I don't believe they exist. You don't believe they exist. All right. There's a lot of things that exist, but there's no proof of that. You know, uh, there is no Sasquatch. No, <laughs> sorry, Jack uh, Links. <laughs> you can find all the rare animals in the world. You go out there to an expedition. You, you know, people will find them, and yeah, and that's what it is. You know, uh, physical animals, fishes, and everything. That almost everything has been found. You know, the rare species and everything. But I don't think there's anything uh, hidden out there, especially. Where people say, "Oh, they're in the Everglades. They're here. They're they're every corner of the world." Right. Has Sasquatch in it. Where are they? You know. I mean, what is there? There's skunk ape. There's Sasquatch. The chupacabra. Those might right? be. Chupacabra is a coyote with mange. Yeah. Is that yeah. all that is? Yeah. It's yeah. not like a. It's not like a thing. I like found that? people had one and they did the research on it. It was a coyote with mange. Yeah. yeah. It looked like a freaky thing. It was uh, the poor thing had mange. That's what it was. All right. So that that exists. Yes. Right. All right, so what are the other ones that don't exist? The abominable snowman. The abominable snowman, uh, yep. Those are also supposed to be the same thing. That, but yeah. they, yeah. yeah. That was the first one that ever came up with the Yeti, the footprints. Uh, but to this day, there's never found them. For one thing, in the top of those high, high mountains, there's nothing to eat up there. Right. You know, that's yeah. like uh, the deep ocean doesn't have much, as much food in it as the coastal areas. The best place for fish would be like south of Louisiana. Right, because the Mississippi empties into there, so that's the reason so much fish there. There's tuna. I heard snapper, that that's like sharks. George Pavromo swears that that Venice, Louisiana, is the best fishery in the continental United States. I agree. Yeah, that's why he says it all the time to me. Like I've that. been there. I swam in there. I had giant wahoos swimming by me. Yeah, giant yellowfin tuna, uh, sharks, all kinds of sharks. So that's what we found that uh, 600 pound mako. Right. Uh, so wow. Many, everything out there. Oh yeah. Every, the fish are, people take it for granted. Just so much fish is there. But uh, yeah, there's a ton yeah, of fish. Yeah, that's crazy. That's great. It's like, you know, I read that the book, the Heart, In the Heart of the Sea. It's about the the whole real story of Moby Dick kind of thing, like how it actually really happened. I, I know the story too. It's yeah. really cool. And then, but it's interesting that there's that whole, where they drifted to after the whole ship sunk next to Chile and stuff. There's like a dead zone in the sea. Like where they said there's like not a lot of fish there like at all and in like an entire part of the sea. And that was really the, there's a lot of dead zones in the sea. Well, if they reported it back then, so I guess I've always been there, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what causes it. There's certain things that I think with fish populations get real high, certain things kill it off. Yeah. And balancing things out. Right. Like there's no red tides in really the Atlantic side. But the waters are not as rich. The richer waters that produce more fish are in the Gulf mm -hmm. because all the rivers empty, empty into it. The river is what feeds the big continents or the main rivers. They bring the nutrients out into the sea, and that produces your shrimp fisheries, your oysters, attracts all the food chain right there. Right. It all starts with bait. It all starts right there. Yeah. 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 Interesting. We good on the questions? Last one. Last one. I'm probably going to butcher the gentleman's name, Dave Schluti. Schlute? Okay. Have you ever met Steve Irwin along your journeys? Uh, briefly, I met him once in the Miami airport, Steve Irwin. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's actually, wow, look at that. I, was, I read that not, question originally. I'm like, that's going to be a, what do you, he, you he actually was, did meet him? Yeah, he was interested in, uh, well, 
water moccasins. He goes, right. yeah, they're red and everything. He saw this so wife. He really, producer, was he really like that in person, like high he, energy like that? He was high energy. His wife and they were like looking at me like that. Right. I showed him a picture of me with an alligator in a swamp and he goes, where is that? Mm-hmm. And I told him, give me a call. We'll do a show. He never did. Then he went out to Florida. He went out to Silver Springs and tried to do a, oh, <laughs> a really? show. Yeah, yeah. He went out and tried to do it on his own. Yeah. Did they ever make an episode out of that? They he uh they did. I saw one of the episodes he did. Uh, another time, he went to Louisiana. He got bit by an alligator. Made everybody sign. They were not going to say anything about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They had one of those. But they, when I was in Louisiana, they told me all about it. Really? Yeah, yeah. It was one of those. But that's okay, you know. Yeah. Uh, the Animal Planet bought us so we wouldn't compete against them. Oh, really? Because we had Extreme Contact. He used to come on right after his show. Back in the day, yeah. Which show? Extreme Contact. And they bought it out so they should, wow. Yeah. Really? That's interesting. Uh, so what? So of all the te- uh, of all the shows me, you did. It was Mark, Megan, the three of us. We, went to, we also did the Hawaii thing with Tiger Sharks, the three right. of us back then. I'm talking like 20-something years ago. We did it. She was a free dive champion. He was the cameraman. What do you know, what do you what do you consider like your greatest achievement like on film? Like what was the favorite your most favorite thing you've ever done? There's a bunch of them. I you know Too for sharks for sharks that day in California we had six uh Makos and three blues. Right. By uh, we were done by three o'clock. We had so much footage that we made two episodes that day. But as far as sharks, I mean, I hand caught two of them the same day. Yeah. And makos are so cool. So that was probably. But I had great shows with great hammerheads with lemon sharks. I mean, just tigers. I had I had a great time with all those different types of shark. Nice. It's a it's a it's an awesome feeling to be out there doing all this stuff. You know. Right. It's, it's cool. Yeah, you got to go through. Being out there and making it happen, doing it, and the pressure also when you're on the TV to make it happen. You know, we're out there. We don't know what we're going to find. Yeah. They want me to start talking, and I'm like, wait to let me talk about it after it happens. And he wanted me to, I don't want to go off of, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. No, no, that's just, that's baloney. Let's get out there, and then we'll talk about it. I don't want to talk about it now until it happens. I only like to talk about what happened, not what's going to happen. I did a TV show with George Gods once. It's called Unfathom. We were fishing right out front here, and we we're going to do a full day of fishing. And we only caught like one kingfish in the morning. And we're like, "Oh, that's really not enough to do like a whole show on," you know. And then, um, you know, finally we put the kites up in the afternoon. The wind picked up a little bit, and we ended up like going like three for three on sailfish. Like that, like saved the show. And I remember we're like, what a relieving feeling that was. Because you know, you're like going all day. You're like, man, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. This could be like the worst show ever. I mean, you had to probably experience that a lot. You know, like wondering like when the tide's going to turn, literally. It's sometimes some shows are not as good as others. Yeah. They, we had shows that were very lame. You know, we did one on Turtles and people, you know, the Outdoor Channel complained, hey, you know, that was pretty lame, you know. But you, you can't have a, you know, top of the line every single time, you know. Yeah. It just doesn't go that way. We did one with sturgeons that wasn't dangerous, but it was cool fish diving with sturgeons in the Swanee River. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the Swanee. Yeah. Yeah, upstate. That's cool. We, you could see from me to you underwater. I had sturgeons coming by, and we're just in there. I'd never seen a sturgeon before. They're so pretty big, filming. huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, they look like two hundred pounds. Wow. Some of them. 
and uh, gulf sturgeons. They go up in the Swanee. But yeah, they're not going to eat you. They're not going to do anything to you, but it's just a cool fish to see, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like seeing uh, tarpon. It's cool to see them underwater. Big fish, you know. The, the, not everything has to be uh, dangerous, you know. There's just cool fish out there. Yeah, nice. What's next for you? What's next for you? Right now, mostly my artwork. Right. Uh, I do want to go do some more hand fishing. Okay. If I do another show, I might focus on, on going out to catch different types of fish by hand. I went through a list the other days. It's not like 30 different types of fish that I hand grabbed. Yeah. Fresh and salt, yeah. That's what's on your list that you really are after? Right now, whatever's out there. Uh, I like going out there too to go spear fishing for like mullet, things mm-hmm. like that. Like in the lake, I don't mind going out to gig mullet. Right. I've caught a lot of big fish before. I used to hunt Goliath grouper for a living before I shot 118 of them before when it was legal, before mm-hmm. hand ca- I used to. Before the feds it, came on you? Well, when, when it became illegal, then I decided, man, the coolest thing to do is hand catch them. But before that, we were commercial spearfishing, and we were shooting them. I remember filleting them out, skinning them out, packing them, and selling them and everything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was. we used to get a, a whole bunch of them back in the day. I shot a lot of black grouper, uh, mangrove snapper, dove a lot of lobster. Nice. Uh, Is there one fish on your list that you're like, man, I got to get that? There's a you bunch. Ever hand caught a wahoo? No. <laughs> I'm just like reaching for straws here. I'm like, that's a fast fish, obviously, no, but no. I I had fed a mahi. What about mahi. a sailfish? No, I had I speared <laughs> a sailfish in 1980. Really? Let me tell you what happened. When I came to the dock, the fisherman gave me a standing ovation. Yeah. Now they would hang you. Yeah. In 1980, they were clapping when I came in. They go, yeah. look in the boat. Make sure there's no rod and reel. No, we we speared this thing. They thought it was the greatest thing ever. Yeah. You're allowed to harvest one. Yeah, you, they don't want you to spear them. They don't want, yeah. No, no, you can't. I think it's illegal. It's got to be caught with rod and reel. Yeah. I think on a hand line. So it wasn't passed. Hey, we don't want you to spear them. But they put rod and reel only. So if you spear one, oh, you broke the law. But, you know, like uh, one kid shot one and they wanted to hang them. That was like 15 years ago or more. Yeah, now nowadays, yeah, yeah you, you don't want to uh, spear selfish. But when I shot it in 1980, everybody thought it was the best thing ever. Fastest fish in the ocean. Yeah, I shot a free shot. Them. That thing went after me after I speared him. Really, fiery rocks. Yeah, do not underestimate them. He, he went right. That's you know that's what I I say that a lot. You see all these people, they're jumping in the water. They want to get the picture with their marlin and and everything like that. It's the, the marlins. They can. You don't want to mess with that fish. They can kill you. And the swordfish, never mind. Right, the swordfish. Yeah, forget everybody's about everybody's ever shot one has ended up getting stabbed. I heard. Yeah. I mean, they 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 find you talk about the orcas. I mean, they found marlin bills snapped off in the side of orcas. Before. Yeah, no, yeah. I they, mean, they're, they're they're that's an aggressive fish. They found a bull shark with a sailfish bill stuck in it. That's crazy. A sailfish. Yeah, the, all, fish are uh, marlins. Although the billfish are dangerous, and the swordfish, swordfish is probably the most dangerous fish in the sea. More Sword dangerous is, than yeah. a shark. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You rather run to a mako sometimes than. <laughs> The mako sneaks up on the swordfish from behind. That's why right. these fishermen said they find him with a tail bit off, and then he's finishing him off because he, he sneaks and gets a tail before he figures it out. Wow. Manny, thank you so much for coming in today. Mike, I've enjoyed this. We had a good time. I mean, this is a normal conversation. 
yeah. I'll have with my friends and stuff like that, you know, get together. Well, that's uh, all we want to do here. Have a cup of coffee and yeah. have a conversation. That's yeah. it. That's all we want to do here on this show. Is it, it's That's all it is. It's it's an unscripted. That's it. The funny thing is, see over there? Those are my little notes that I wanted to make sure I, I hit on there. And I actually never even looked at them because that's what we do on this show. It's, it's just a hangout, man. You know, and, you know, I had a really, really great time. You have a great show. You. you got a great place Thank for you. it, too. And Thank you. We spoke in the car about maybe coming back before the boat show, and you also wanted to bring a guest, too. Yeah. Your, you want to come on the show again? Before Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, before Fort Lauderdale show. Let me talk to Sherry. Okay. Yeah, 100%. And bring her in here. She's, Dude, uh, I'd love to have you back in here. She's a uh, women's spearfishing champion, world champion. Yeah. We have... Um, a couple uh, times on know, the show. Uh, Sher- Sherry Day. You know Julie Higgs? So we had Julie Higgs um, on the show, and she's national champion. She took national champion, I, two-time national champion. Well, and ne- she's going to play – she's going to internationals this year right now. Too. Is is that with uh, – but Joe Fernandez and that – he had a group of girls that were going to Spain to a tournament. Is yes. that the same crowd? Yep. Okay. That, that's yep. him. Yeah. Yep. And Julie's yeah. on that team. I've, I and met Julie's them. been on this show twice. I met them because Joe – uh, what do you call it? Uh, Joe had me come to his show a couple times. Okay. I went to the one down south. Yeah. And, you know, he had the ladies there, the spearfishing, and I, I went to one of yeah. his. Uh, and Julie's awesome. She's really, really cool. Super, super nice girl. And she's a firefighter um, up there in, I think, Jupiter? She was right? probably there that day. There was there was a whole group of them, and they were going to Spain. Yes. And uh, Joe Fernandez was there. Were, so. She just took nationals. They did the free diving um, in in a lake in Arizona. Oh yeah, I heard there was right? a, yeah, they were shooting carp. Yes, yeah. they're shooting carp. But she took nationals. She won that competition. Yeah, I saw uh, some girl, I don't know who it was, shot an 84-pound wahoo with a pole spear. That is. Recently? On I showed the shot online and next night she's holding the the wahoo with a pole spear. Hmm. A wahoo doesn't usually let you get near it. It's really hard to spear. Right. With a pole spear you got to get close. Yeah. I love pole spears that way. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I like I like spearing because it's a, it's it's easy to reload. It's comfortable to use, mm-hmm. and it's challenging to to hunt with it. But in all reality, like shooting mangrove snapper, I can shoot more mangrove snapper with a pole spear than I can with a spear gun because it's so quick to right to reload. You can shoot one. I will go down on one dive, shoot a snapper, pull them off a big one, load up, shoot another one, come up for air. Yeah, nice. So two seventy feet, two. I used to hold my breath five and a half minutes underwater. Wow. You never had any, any black hat scenarios, huh? Yeah, I did. Yeah, really? And the swimming pool. Uh, yeah. The girl we're training, Megan, pulled me out of the water. Oh, we're, wow. We're watching each other. We're doing laps underwater, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And he says, what are you doing? They're holding me. He says, you're messing up my routine. She goes, no, you were completely out. You have no you recollection. Didn't even know. When you black out, Unless you get pulled out of water, you're a dead person. Yeah. That is number one killer of free divers. Always got to be with a buddy, right? A buddy that knows what he's doing, that, knows, yeah. that can recognize it, and he's watching. Yeah. Or else, watch each other, or else you're dead. That's crazy. It's extremely, scary. it's very scary, scary thing to happen. Scary, scary, for sure. Wow. You going to come back and hang out with me one day? Sure. Blue Wild, right? Is, is that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I'm gonna do the Blue Wall Boat Show. I'll see. I'll I'll call her tonight. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then uh, also, she does. She's gonna do her dive show again, the Blue okay. Wild Expo. So she does two shows a year, right here at Fort Lauderdale, 
uh, place. Okay. All right. Awesome. And people want to buy your artwork? People want to buy your, your spears and your tridents and everything? Uh, Where do they go? Manny Puig on Instagram. Okay. I got a, this, uh, I'm holding a bull shark jaw and I got my face in it. Okay. If you see that, I'm not this, I don't know who it is or whatever, but that's me. Look me up on Instagram. I got pictures of everything. I send you pictures and prices, anything you want to see or you want. Nice. And I do custom work. Yeah. Nice. Very, very cool. Well, listen, man, thank you so much, so much for coming in and hanging out with us. Um, Carlene, whatever. <laughs> Are we still rolling? <laughs> we're still rolling. Yeah, we're okay. still rolling. We're still rolling. Yanni got a new haircut. Right? We're all proud of him. Right? Oh, Nick, I totally forgot to talk about Honduras. I wanted to start out with that. Nick just got back from Honduras and he and he got his, his Grand Slam, his Flats Grand Slam there. Tarpon, Permit, Bonefish, and what else? That's it, the three, right? In the Pacific or Atlantic? No, in in the Atlantic, right? Yeah. Yeah. The Pacific, they got all those tunas, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Guanaja. He went there with the Fish for Change crew. Yeah, so. Very nice. Very nice. We good, Carlene? Yeah, it's time to... Uh, oh, you, you get... Uh, see, all right, so That's people... Good. I guess when you put the hood on, it'll be easier, huh? Yeah. They're diving. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Nice, nice. All right, listen. Manny, thank you very much. Everyone look for him on Instagram, right? It was really nice hanging out with a legend today. So um, thank you to our sponsors, Papa's Pilar Rum, Joey Cardi, W Sauce. Everyone hook it up. Finor sunglasses, we love you. We'll end it like we always do. Your ego is not your amigo. Always do your best, and at the end of the day, just let God do the rest. And do not ever forget that no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're all connected by water. Manny Puig, thank you so much. Definitely. Thanks.